I get great pleasure, deep, deep, deep in my bones pleasure when someone I'm obsessed with follows me back on the internet. And that is what happened with Lisa Traeger. She is so fucking funny. I desperately want her to be my friend. This episode is really two people coming together that were meant to be friends. And you're going to listen to it. Um, Take a little opportunity here. Follow her on Patreon. Follow me on Patreon. I'm going to post the video of us chatting. And I also just want to say thank you guys so much for starting off the year strong on the Patreon. Um, I love this episode because we talk about lots of deep things. I kind of went into it being like, okay, we're going to talk about That's Messed Up. That's her SVU podcast. That's hysterical. I'm going to try to be as funny as possible. But I can't help it. I can't help but connect with people and talk about therapy. Apparently, she has the same problem. So um, enjoy this conversation. Oh, my God, I'm dead. I am very, it's like I don't, you know when you're like so excited and you don't know where to start? I'm like, well, do you want to talk about Bravo? Do you want to talk about murder? Like, what do you, like, fucking eating pussy? Just kidding. (laughs) I don't want to, I can't talk about that. I'm married now, so can't talk about it ever. Really? It's not a part of your boundaries? You have no, to keep I talk about oh, okay. whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, it was funny. Um, so you and I have a mutual friend, Allie Colbert. Um, and when I was on her show recently, the way that she like teased the show made it sound so much more scandalous than it really was. And my wife was like, hey, do you need to like tell me what you said to Allie at all? Because she knows her. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't like... I'm not that scandalous, so no, I would, you know. I've had some very strange, um, like, female dating stories that it would be a shame to not talk about them publicly, so she's cool with that. Well, yeah, I also one time was talking to a comic, and she was saying how her boyfriend was pissed about certain jokes, and then she told me that what the jokes were, and they were so chill, innocuous, like, not that vulnerable in any way, and I was like, you need a new partner. Like, you can't be suffocated like this creatively by a person that should be with you i don't know not my business seems like they're together but i mean listen i wouldn't i'm very supportive and it wouldn't work and also you know and i don't know if you know that because i don't think i've talked about this on ali's show but i identify as bisexual i know you didn't it was mostly like wife chats but yeah i I know i always have to like re kind of affirm that because I think when you're in whatever relationship you're in, well, I think maybe if I was with a guy, maybe people would ask. I don't know. I think people, once they, once you're with in like a long-term relationship with a woman, they just kind of assume and they call you a lesbian. I don't mind being called a lesbian. It doesn't bother me. I haven't been with a man in a long time. Nine plus years, I think, was the last time I hooked up with a dude. But um, also people would be more mad at you if you had a husband. I feel like people, uh, that annoys people more. Bisexual you- and hetero relationships bother people, I feel. Hmm. It's like you're not really bi. No, but I think that's what, oh, yeah. I think. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like they, like, it's funny, I get a quest- question a lot, like, your wife is so supportive of you being bisexual, like, she should get a medal. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, what a dumb thing to say, you know? No, but I I felt that way, because there was a trend where people in long-term hetero relationships were coming out as bi, and it's like, you don't need to do this. Like, you, you're present, you present and are treated as, like, a heterosexual person, so it doesn't actually matter if you're bi or not. It's not like you're dealing with 
any of the social or any um like of the flaw like the negative yeah yeah of yeah it. like the negatives of it like like, like Vanderpump it was like Ariana Ariana from Vanderpump being like I'm bisexual and it's like you've been with Tom now for like a long time I don't know why are you saying this I'm part of the problem Vander, Vanderpump I'm the problem it's me I'm, yeah it's you me. are the problem I'm the one you. I'm like people really don't like that and it's like I guess I guess I'm I was the judgmental one of Ariana well okay so I. It's so I was listening to your show this morning um, whilst driving what felt like one million moons to get to a meeting. And, you know, I knew you liked Bravo, but I didn't realize you were like a bra. You really like Bravo. Yeah, it really is the cornerstone of so many of my friendships. Like is it? it real? It's group chats. It's gifts. Mm. It's t- it's chatting. It really is like so. Ma- and not only just with my deep close friends, but on the road or anywhere, it's really easy to connect with people with Bravo. Like it really is a connector worldwide. My friend in London watches like that's what we WhatsApp about. Really? It's just kind of this beautiful thing. But also I started watching in 2006. Like I started watching The Real Housewives of the OC as it mm. came out, not knowing what it was. And I've obviously gone through dips up and down or franchises I've lost left behind and come back to. But right now we're in such a heyday that I'm really watching it all like we because the trailer like right now, the endings of stuff are great. Miami's amazing. But then we have like Jersey Housewives, Vanderpump and Summer House trailers, which all look so good. I I love really I haven't ventured into the like summer, winter, spring, fall time houses. (laughs) Vanderpump for me is just really problematic. Do you know how adjacent to Bravo? Like, do you know my whole shit? No. Okay. I, I have because no I didn't know, and I was like listening to you this morning. First of all, your show is so great, and we'll get. And I think my yeah. my cold email pitch to you was like, also my sister is like, like the real SVU, which is insane to oh me. Oh my yes, because she can't tell me shit. Basically, and I'm trying to remember who. Remember in the original, like way, way, way back, or maybe she was just in Law and Order. Who was the like hot lawyer? That was always, like a assistant journey. A ten, well, uh, Stephanie March, um, yes, ADA, um, Alexandra Cabot, and people have a lot of fan fiction with like her and Benson. That's like so. A that's big like thing my people. That's right. So that's like my sister is like the hot lawyer, like going wow. after. All, I know it's so crazy, but like real SVU is real dark. I don't know how she the does show's it. dark. So um, the real because our, just our research on the crimes is so dark that I need a moment. I can't imagine the detectives, the social workers, like any people that are doing the actual work. It's um, I, yeah, because that was my childhood dream. I wanted to be a forensic like psychologist and work with killers. And it was my sister's husband's dad uh, who was like, you're too happy. You don't need to be working in a prison. Gray walls. He's like, that's not you. And it changed. I was like, you're right. I don't want to do that every day. I, you know, I think it feels like it would be really interesting to talk to criminals all the time or like murderer. I mean, I love those shows on Netflix. It's like, oh, I'm a killer. Like, I don't know if you've seen that one, but I like that because I'm like, yeah, I want to get into the mind of a killer. And then they start talking and basically they're a killer because they went through horrible child trauma and they're like wired to be a sociopath. And I'm like, ooh, I actually don't know energetically. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yes. a fucking lot of weird energy exchange with some psycho. I deal with enough psychos in the entertainment industry. 
and because I'm Bravo adjacent, I don't think I could handle like the ones that go above and beyond to murder, murder, kill, kill, kill. You know, I would be tricked. I would be tricked because I think the whole thing is like, no, there, there must be something deeper. And then I think what we all figure out is like, no, they're actually just dead inside. They don't feel anything. And yeah. that's um, scary. It's very, very scary. Have you had anyone reach out to you like from prison? Have you gotten any prison mail? We haven't gotten any prison mail. We did do one case where during COVID, a few criminals were eligible for early release. Mm. And so we wrote to parole boards and like, so we had one family reach out and like, thank us for that. And like, want us to encourage people to make sure this guy who killed their daughter was not um, released. And he wasn't, but no one from prison, like more SVU, more entertainment people. Like we know a girl from casting who reached out and was like, oh my God, you know, stuff like that. Or the um, Neil Bear, the showrunner for seasons two to 12 reached out and was like, get me on the pod, but not any criminals. And I hope not. But one guy, we just recorded an episode that'll come out soon, but I looked him up on the sexual registry because I couldn't find any. And he's in L.A. He lives in like little Armenia. He's at 90027. So the crimes were all in Brooklyn and I couldn't find any up to date info. And the registry puts places him like within 15 minute drive for me. Yeah, that's a no wild. for me, dog. That's yeah. terrible. <laughs> um, As an actor, do you want to be on Law and Order? Yeah, it's a dream. I bombed an audition. I had one audition and it was before I was ready. Like I really, I bombed, I bombed. There was only one line, but I just did a terrible job and I was sent out of the room and I just am hoping for that next audition. I feel like they have to put you on there. I, when I was acting, it was like the one thing I wanted to do and I never did it. I know so many people that have been on a, a franchise of Law & Order including this girl who was totally fucking batshit that I went to high school with. And I was watching, you know, one night lulling myself to sleep with the dun dun, you know, like just, okay, if, as long as I hear it, I know I can just trail off into like murder slumber. And I, and I knew the voice and I look up and she was playing like the classic, like, you know, said that she had been, you know, attacked by someone, but then like it actually was she was covering up for somebody else and was going to let somebody take the fall. And then they put her on the stand and she broke. And like, you know, then they're like, you're bad because you were going to send somebody else to jail for the rape that happened to you, young woman, even. Though, like, Do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, my God, I could tell you what her name. I sh I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but yeah, now she lives in. Uh, I, of course, looked her up afterward and like deep dove the Internet for her. And she lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico and runs like a public theater. Perfect. Because okay. like, you know what I mean? Like she's like a I think she like does like also clowning like Ugh. there was like a really hip <laughs> show in Edinburgh the year I went like in 2019. And the girl was performing in Brooklyn. I was like, oh, it was the hip show. So sold out. I got to I got to go see it. Lasted three minutes. Like, I realized it was clowning and there was like care. Yeah. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. And I instead, me and my friend went out to eat. Like, I just, I can't. I'm really into the arts. Like, I just saw a show that I loved that no one in my life likes. Which is? And my friend said, you just love the theater. And it's true. Like, what I, was I'm, the show? Well, we, ha we do have to bleep it if that's okay. Because I do care about this. Uh, but it was <laughs> show. Um, that... <laughs> <laughs> didn't I think the New Yorker review of said show that uh -huh. is bleeped 
was pretty spot on. It's yeah. So yeah, I didn't yep. read the New Yorker review, but who I went with and a couple of like everyone around me in my circle was just like, uh, it felt like this, it felt like that. And I was like, I've liked it more and more every day. I've been thinking about it. Oh. I like laugh since then. I bought the stickers, like I bought merch. I um I was really into it. <laughs> and I I feel like I'm on an island, unfortunately. But she loves uh, the theta. She gets it. You get it. You get it. But You're it was expensive. No, but there are some there's one show I went to at Playwrights Horizon that was so bad that like I compare everything to that. And if it's not that, I'm like into it. But it was really expensive. It was way, it was very expensive. Listen, supporting the, the arts is like, it's not cheap. So, but okay. I read, it was the opposite. I'm going to read the New Yorker thing. What I did was I read some other press and it was this fun interview. And I go, oh God, this interview is so good. I got to go. And I was happy I went. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the New Yorker <laughs> took it easy, but it was Oh, wow. Awesome. They were oh my God. <laughs> um, so, okay. It's so just gotta- hard because we are like, oh, but it's like, they're crushing it. So it's it's interesting where it's like even if that if there was a panda review, it's like, listen, I went to a like a rusical of fucking cruel intentions at some weird bar restaurant in Los Feliz and like had to eat a $30 cheeseburger that was disgusting And that was the last theater performance that I went to. I wouldn't even call it theater. I was like, we're in a restaurant and these like kids that are like, they're doing this to get in front of casting direct. Like, what have we done? And that was the last thing I went to right before the pandemic. So I'm due for a new show. I really want to see The Six. That's like- I saw it. I have the magnet on my um, fridge. She's a merch girl. She's a merch girl. (laughs) Merch girl. About Henry VIII's wives, yeah? Yep. It was awesome. I took my niece. My niece picked the show. So my niece and sister and I went and we had a great time. But Um, there's no plot or anything. It's just these girls belting, looking incredible and like having fun banter with the full band on stage. And I loved it. 90 minutes, no intermission. See, that's what I that's what I always wished going to a lesbian bar was like hot girls belting, talking about nothing, just like but it's not that it's unfortunately that has not been my experience in lesbian bars. I've been like in a corner trying to talk to someone, but everyone's like kind of sizing each other up. And it's like, mm, it's just not, it's just not what I had ever hoped it to be. You know, what is the hip lesbian bar like in LA? None. Zero. None. Okay. Set home. There used to be a few, um, but there aren't anymore. I, when I go to New York, I will, you know, take a little whirl at the, at the cubby hole. Um, I did get um, identified. I had a show before actually with Andy Cohen's assistant called scissoring isn't a thing and somebody came up to me at the bar and was like are you liz from scissoring and i was like can you scream that a little louder like i was so excited to be identified and it is the only fucking time that has ever happened to me and then i was like trying to strike up a conversation and it just it went nowhere so wait so how are you connected to the Bravo. bravo universe one of my closest 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 friends is a former housewife, Leah McSweeney from New York. Okay. I did a show with Andy Cohen's assistant, Darren, for two years. That's pretty fucking Bravo adjacent. Me and Heather Gay are like texting buds, which don't ask me about the eye because I can't. I can't. It's not about the eye, but someone else, I forgot who I was with. I think that probably someone fancy, but 
Heather. Oh, it was Fortune Feimster's wife. That's who it was. Oh, Jax. Uh, yeah, Jax. So Jax um, said that she was messaging with Heather Gay and that Heather was like, Ugh, don't watch this season. It's a mess. So I like that Heather is like seems self-aware. Heather of the is very self-aware. And what happened. Yes. And that makes me love her. Cause I was like, fuck, the season's like, she's, I don't know. But the fact that she's like, oh yeah, I wasn't at my best makes me be like, I knew you were awesome. Like I knew you got it. No, Heather totally gets it. She's lovely. I mean, we she did my old show. We met really early on. She like sent me a necklace. Like I, I mean, I, I cannot. Every the listeners know Heather Gay and I are like twin flames. Oh my god, it goes on and on. I'm on a show called the Taylor Strecker Show. Taylor Strecker is best friends with Stassi. She married Stassi and Bo. Like the, it just Whoa. goes on. The the Bravo of it all just goes on and on and on and on with me. But Miami, I have to tell you, I've made my wife watch this season is just one for the books. Like, mm -hmm. I really have to sit, because I like to actually watch rich people. That's the thing with me with Housewives. Like, I need them to be rich. I need the opulence. Like, I need a Heather Dubro. Like, I need a big house. I need it all. Yeah, but nothing was sadder than when, like, Tamara and all these people's houses were getting foreclosed. And it's <laughs> like, this isn't why I watch. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I agree. No, and like, also, Bronwyn, like, bless your heart if you're listening. Like, we're cool, but, like, that whole fiasco. Like, they're just, we haven't had, like, I think a good cast. And Leah will tell you, like, they were shooting in COVID. Her grandmother was dying. Like, none of them were really friends. And I think it really showed in New York. And Salt Lake's getting rough because they all fuck. I mean, that reunion, did you watch the reunion? I did. I mean, to only have four people on a couch is so strange. And none of the new girls really brought it. Like, they all seem nervous and not, they're not for it. Yeah, it was, it's weird. And Meredith doesn't play. Because I read Brian Moylan's book. I don't know uh, mm -hmm. if you're a super fan of him. He, he actually sent me a Christmas ornament that says The Fish Room. Stop. With, like, beads in it. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> But he um, he analyzes Housewives so well. And he said a big part of it is in the book, like conflicts and resolution. And if there's no resolution, it's not fun anymore. We need the circle to keep moving about conflict and resolution. And Meredith is unable to resolve. And that's what's annoying. Because obviously you don't have to forgive Lisa. If this was real life, it'd be like, fuck Lisa. That's not your friend. You don't need friends like that. But it's like, honey, engage. We're we're watching. You got to engage. I know. I mean, my question to you, though, is like if you're homie, homie, all of a sudden y'all get on a fucking reality show together and that hot mic moment was, I mean, Lisa goes for the jugular very quickly. She's a very fragile person, actually, in my opinion. I think she just goes like, oh, like, I mean, even on the reunion this week, it was just like, whoa dude like you're just you just keep she says very mean 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 things she's larsa season one i'm perfect i'm perfect my family is perfect i do everything perfect i am perfect and nothing's wrong with me and like i, like, I don't like that stand larsa but that's my own thing of it but i mean yeah. but the messiness of her date i was trying to explain to my wife last night like larsa dating michael jordan's son and she was just like what the fuck are you talking i'm like that is so petty like layer deep in your bones petty. It's kind of amazing. And in some ways you 
to be admired and honored, but whatever. Well, so this week she put the photo on main of them together, but all the, I went through all these comments and a lot of the comments were like, he doesn't post about you, babe. Like he's not posting you at all. This is embarrassing. Oof. Also like, like she no. knew him as a kid. This is where it gets like, well, no, my friend also, I didn't know, like, she has dated other young people and messaged, like, LeBron's teenage son and then said it. it was a mistake and she didn't mean to. But, like, she might have some pro- she might have some problems. Mary Kay Letourneau, like, 2.0. Like, how yeah. are they doing? I think they finally got divorced. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I – Lisa goes hard. I just can't help but think, like, if somebody said that shit about you on a hot mic – I mean – It would be hard to come back, but I think you're absolutely right. That show is in a real hard holding pattern. I mean, I think I've talked about this. Oh, I guess I shouldn't really talk about this on air. Where did I talk about that? (laughs) I was like, ooh, I'll tell you hopefully when we become friends in real life. I mean, I have the crazy, I mean, so much I can't say ever on air. Um, But I'll just say this. I knew that before BravoCon that Heather and Whitney were no longer friends, um, which was kind of wild and like also sort of destroyed the season for me. Cause I'm like, yeah. fuck dude, now I like, you know what I mean? I was like, okay, you just kind of like ruined this for me. But them not being able to move forward and- It's sad. It's, you're right. There's no, there's no wheel. So it's, it feels like yeah. a little bit stuck, you know? It's definitely stuck. Um, The thing that's confusing with Heather about this is like, you're so forgiving and patient with Jen Shaw, but not Whitney, who's done less. Like, I just don't understand how Heather has let Jen trample all over her, but not Whitney, who I think deeply does love. I think they love each other, you know? They're cousins. But I felt so bad for Heather because I've been in this situation and it catalysted to me and my friend not speaking for a long time. And then we resolved and have been closer now for, you know, more than a decade, but I was in a room where something was said, but I didn't pay attention to it. So then later I I was surprised about it and I f- got this information and my friend was like, you were fucking there when it was said. And I was like, I don't remember. And so I just felt so compassionate towards Heather because I've been there. Like if you're drunk or whatever, someone's like, you heard this. And I'm like, I didn't fucking hear it. Shut up. I didn't hear it. I don't know. I yeah. just felt for her in that moment. And, yeah. And also, like, obviously, Lisa's, like, fucking dudes for Vita tequila placements because it's really yeah. bad tequila. Like, come on, Lisa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Don't sue me. But I love her quote. Did you see her quote afterwards? She goes, I deserve presence for just breathing. And I love that. <laughs> She's like, I don't do any favors. She's a good. You know what? Lisa had a good was the only person on that show that had a pretty top-notch season i would say yeah but the I singing think- i also don't like skinny girls who pretend they eat like i don't believe she's eating all that food correct like, i don't get it correct i can't you ever I mean- watch harper's bazaar what i eat in a day those youtubes yep they're my favorite i love them so much <laughs> um but the call her daddy girl i was like you're lying you're not eating a chicken parm for lunch every day like you're fucking lying she said that she eats like a bagel for breakfast, an Italian sub for lunch, and a chicken parm for dinner. And I'm like, that's a lie. Why are you? Li-? And then all the comments are like, finally, a relatable girl. Finally, someone that's honest. Finally, one, one that. And I'm like, she's love. I would rather Kelly Ripa on it be like, listen, I don't eat. I don't do this. I eat nuts and I don't cheat. I don't have cheat days. Then this lie. Again, people know. My go-to when someone is a monster in Hollywood is I'm like, well, they have not eaten. Like, and that's the thing, right? Is like, they don't, 
eat. I mean, the whole, and you heard me talk about Ozempic with Allie Colbert, like every one that you, Mindy Kaling, that's just, uh, it's so annoying to me because we've spent all this time over the last couple of years trying to actually really accept like real bodies. It's been pretty performative, but I think like for the most part, people have tried to be a little bit more realistic. And then this Ozempic bullshit, which is also being pretty perpetuated by Bravo because all of those women are on it, sucks. It's like young girls and boys and everything. Like nobody should be watching this shit. Like literally people like shrinking and then lying about it and saying that they're not doing anything. That shit pisses me off. Or to your point, a girl being like, <laughs> I love eating cheeseburgers. And I'm like, fucking so skinny. It's like, get out of here. Like, no, thank you. I'm with you. That I can't. I can't. Because I sometimes watch nutritionists watch the Harper's Bazaar. Mm. And she said something that I loved, which was like, I love watching it when you could tell someone loves to eat. So like Catherine Zeta-Jones doesn't eat, quote unquote, like cheeseburgers all day. But you could tell she loves the food, even if it's salad. Like, I don't know. I just love when people are honest. Yeah. And talk about their real thing. But I feel naive because with the Mindy Kaling, I legit thought I'm an idiot because my sister has three kids. She's in her 40s, but she looks incredible and she's looked more and more incredible with every kid. And it is just a busier life. Like, I understand the thing of like, fuck, I don't have time to eat. So in my head, I'm like, oh, Mindy Kaling has two kids now. She's a showrunner. She's writing. I'm sure this is just like natural joy, accepting your body happiness. And that's how she dropped the pounds. And then when the Zempic thing came out, my best friend told me I just felt like such a fool. I felt like such a fool. I'm like, I truly thought like, good well, for you, listen. girl. You finally found self-acceptance and like things went great with your babes. And then it was, uh, you know, she's nauseous all day having Ozempic parties. I mean, listen, I posted a picture of Rosie O'Donnell yesterday being like, damn, Rosie's looking real good. Goes on fucking L word, starts bucking and looking hot. And everyone's like, she's literally talking about Manjaro every five fucking, which is basically Ozempic every five seconds on her Instagram. I'm like, oh, fucking great. But she did like the comment, which I kind of died. I mean, Rosie, you're a legend and you were welcome on this podcast. Um, wow. So she, so there's a lot of these. Yeah. That's no, no, wild. no. It's this is like a thing. It's really it's it's nuts. It's nuts. All right. So you bombed Law and Order. We're going to will that into your future, Wh- which now like SVU only or bust or would mm-hmm. you accept some of the other franchises? Oh, yeah. I mean, I audition. I like I'll take a job, um, but <laughs> same <laughs> SVU is definitely Awesome. And I would love to do it with Kara, my podcast co-host, because I love the idea of us like walking and arguing and like finding a body or whatever. But obviously my dream is like a meaty role where I get to like flip out in the courtroom or, Mm. you know, like um, get caught lying or have to testify against someone. Like there's definitely fantasies, but the level of acting on that show is so high that um, it's definitely intimidating. But I've been working so like since my last audition, it's been like eight years and I work with an acting coach all the time. Like I feel more you're ready for sure. You're ready. I feel you're more. Ready. <laughs> All right. If you're listening, um, what are your thoughts on organized crime? I don't really um, I don't watch it. It's, I tried. Yeah. I um, tried. It's not. My co-host th- watches and she really loves it. Oh, really? I just didn't buy Dylan McDermott as a crime boss. I was like, there's no way. This, <laughs> I just didn't buy it. And he was sinister crime boss. And I mean, I liked that it felt I what I liked about 
organized crime for those listening that have no idea what we're talking about. I'm so sorry for you, but please go on Peacock or wherever the it lives and watch uh, Law and Order organized crime. Stabler is really like the star of the main guy of that show. And I liked that it was about one kind of crime the whole time. You know what I mean? You had to watch the whole season versus, which in some ways was nice because it was different. The beauty, in my opinion, of Law and Order, of all of the originals, is that like time and space, like it does not matter. Like you don't have, you can just drop in and drop out whenever you choose, you know? Some things become a little consistent, but whatever. But organized crime was just bad. Yeah, it didn't grip me, but like we just interviewed someone that's going to be on it and we we were like excited for them. So maybe I'll take a gander. But like I just right now I'm watching Fleischman. I watch too much TV. Like I just there's no reason for me. There's no reason for me to continue to watch something I'm not diehard into because there's so much stuff everywhere that I do love. Also, I love reruns. So It's like if I'm not obsessed with it, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I, I, though I like force myself to finish Chippendales. There's some things yeah. I'm not one to like just completely back out of a show. Um, I do feel like I need to finish it just to make, you know, an informed decision if it's trash or not. But yeah, I certainly, um, I dipped out of organized crime. Now, did you watch either season of The L Word? Like the um, new I watched one, the Generation the- I watched Generation Q season one. I haven't watched the second one yet. I'm going to binge those. Like I like what, you know, it's like those shows that are eight episode half hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just I just bust them out. Yeah, they're very good. Speaking of Fortune and Jax, I actually hosted a premiere party the first season when Fortune was on it, which was really, really exciting. But it was also very terrifying. I basically was charged by Showtime to invite how many people? I think I had 60 invites and those people could invite. No, it was less. 40 people and those people could invite um, two to three people. And it was like Friendsgiving themed. But imagine like you're basically invited. Like it was a room full of like the ghost of Christmas past. Like everyone had fucked each other at one point. Like it was totally wild. I was sitting with Jackson Fortune and I'm like, this is awful like this why am I doing that like this is awful and I get up on stage and I'm like announcing the episode you know like welcoming everyone and I'm just staring out and I'm just thinking of like every drunken mistake it was it was really something that I I do not recommend ever like reenacting but it was yeah but it seems like an honor of like it's like would it be yeah, an of course. party felt, without it? The web, yeah. you have to do it. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you, like, have you ever dated another comedian before? I've only been in relationships with comedians. Oh, okay. So I guess my one follow-up guy, question girl. is, is do you run into those people still? No. I've actually not run into either one <laughs> ever. Because you're famous and they're not. No, no, no. One is not. One is like, um, you know, I think a teacher married with children type vibes. And then the other is very famous, but mostly lives in a different country. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wow. they are, they're like crushing it. I feel like people liked their show and stuff. But like when you see that person, like, do you, did you watch their show? No. 
Okay. No, because to me, like, um, I can't, I, well, I don't know exactly. Like, I know what the show's about. I don't know how they wrote themselves in it, but I couldn't watch something where they're like the protagonist. You know? Well, yeah, because it's too It's weird. like from their perspective. Yeah, because to them it's like, oh, golly, me. But it's like, no, I think you're an evil bitch. So. So you do think this person is an evil bitch? This one person, I do. But not to their, you know, people have trauma. It's fine. But like when you date someone that's a compulsive liar, that I got played. You know, I got played. Oh, I fully got played. So in my head, it's like, I'm over it. It's fine. But like, I don't want to hang out. Like, I don't want to. See, I'm always happy for everyone. This business is hard, but this business is hard. The first girl I ever dated, like for real, what is very, very is very well known. I mean, they're famous, but they're also like not they're not an actor, but they're in the industry. And when I moved to L.A. and I didn't move to L.A. for her, I was coming down to L.A. anyway. We had met at Pride in San Francisco and she lived down here. But the what? I mean, she, I talk about getting played. I got fucking played, like so played. And it was my the first girl I was ever with. So I was like so fucking in love with her and so into her. And she was like fucking all these other actresses. Like it was just mortifying, truly. But every billboard, like I was bartending on Sunset for a long time in a couple of restaurants and like every billboard on sunset was like the movie that I had like been around her with. You know what I mean? And it was just like never fucking ending. It was like two years. It took me two years to get over her. I mean, probably longer if I'm being honest. This is so great to hear because that's what it took me forever. And it was humiliating because we weren't even together for that long, but it was my first relationship with a girl. And like, how long were you with her for? It's embarrassing, like maybe six months. No, no, no. We have, okay, I am here. (laughs) This is why we met. I was with this girl for barely six months. Like, no, well, yeah, maybe about six months. And we were long distance, but I I was, same. Is it the same person? (laughs) I will not. I signed NDAs, so I will never tell say that person's name. But again, I'm 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 what I don't know if you are hip to my game. I'm I'm trying to give you just enough so that you're gonna want to hang out with me in person, and then I'll tell you everything. I'll sing like a fucking canary. (laughs) Let me tell you. Um, no, there's no tricks. I'm very happy about this, but I um, and I was open to lots of things. It was like this person was convinced. Cause I was like down to be open in my head. I was like, we should be open. We're far apart and you're like slutty, but that's what I like about you. So like do what you need to do. And we'll see. And then it was like, no, I only want to fuck you. I'm going to wait. I've never waited this long. I can't wait. And then I found out like fucking people the whole time, people that I had hooked up with. Like, (gasps) no. Yeah. Cause they're, they're like biased. I feel, I don't know if now, but like, so they were fucking this dude that I had fucked while like, <laughs> Oh my God. It was just crazy. And then, and then for years, like people would say something, I'd be like, wait, what? Wait, we were together then. And I was open to all of it. So to me, it's like this person loved my love. I was obsessed with them and they didn't want to let that go. So, and so it's like, they didn't do anything that bad if they were just honest, but I was like really deceived and it fucked me up. But then I was depressed for six months and then I started therapy and that was like, great. Well, I don't know if I would have started therapy without like my friend going. I was showing up to shows in pajamas, onesies. Like I kind of look nuts now, but like I was just going out in public looking crazy and acting like a bitch. And finally, my friend was like, 
you need to go to therapy. This is like, no one wants to be around this. Well, it's like as if you just knew my segue question. I will not even question, but segue rather. I love how much you talk about therapy on your show. I'm married to a therapist. Oh, cool. See, I'm I'm looking for one right now because now I need cognitive behavioral help. I need, um, I've kind of not figured it all out, but I have all the whys and I know everything I need and I'm having a lot of trouble implementing mm. the things that I know my life will be better when. So I need something a little further, push me further, something like that. So I have a meeting actually with a new one on Monday. Oh my God. Figuring well, it luck. out. I want it. And she focuses on like eating stuff and food stuff. So we'll see if that helps me in any way or not. Or anxiety. I don't know what I need, but I need help. I need help. I'm a Hmm. hoarder who's just like too high and eating too much and on my phone. And I want to live a more productive life. But that life kind of sounds fun. I mean, I don't (laughs) I'm like I'm sort of a hoarder. I mean, I get it. I think. Well, and on the flip side, my therapist, who I adore, I've completely conned her. Do you know what I mean? Like she's loves me. And and I it's just a total waste of both of our times at this point, but I can't break up with her. But that's what happened to me. But I I we've separated because it was did. like, we're done, girl. Yeah. I know. And then my psychiatrist, because I'm nuts and I'm on and I'm on SSRIs, um, which I'm fully in support of if that's your vibe. Um, he's the best, but I can't afford him as a therapist. He was like, what are you doing? Like, you have to break up with this woman. Like, stop. Like, you're reenacting your relationship with your mom <laughs> where you don't want to rock the boat and you want to be a people pleaser. I'm like, I know all this. <laughs> um, but I do, I do love therapy. What's your vibe on the whole, like, Los Angeles and maybe New York? I don't know as mu- much if it's that big in New York, but microdosing craze. I think it's great. Like, you know, if it helps people with their depression and stuff like that's incredible. Like, I'm so curious to see what happens. But like, you actually need someone dosing it and helping you. Like, I don't trust people to like microdose on their own. And I've I think I think it was Whitney Cummings podcast where she's like, everyone's just on fucking mushrooms. That's why everyone's acting a mess in this town. (laughs) No, it's true. I mean. Because I thought everyone was just high, but now everyone's just on mushrooms. And I worked with someone professionally that I just ended ties with. And I feel their mushroom and drug and psychedelic use affected them. You do. in the pa- Negatively within the past few years. Yeah. They're yeah. on their journey. But professionally, I think it fucked them a little. Like, you can't just be on mushrooms all day. Yeah, I don't think you can be on mushrooms all day. I mean, I love being on mushrooms when I am on them. I did get sent a big ass like I thought it was an like a makeup box or whatever like sometimes people like send me fucking lotions and creams which by the way anybody listening like please send me lotions please send me creams please send me makeup I love it um but I to my old address and my old neighbor called me he's like yeah you've got like a couple of boxes here for a while like I don't know if you want to come get them I'm like oh I'm sorry like next time I'm in West Hollywood I'll come grab them whatever grabbed them threw them in the back of the car didn't think about it month goes by day before Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's in those boxes. Like my friends are coming over. If it's like extra makeup and lotions, I'll give it to them. Open it up. $2,000 worth of fucking mushrooms. Wow. Wow. That are now sitting in my closet. They're all micro. They're like micro. They're pills. I have a whole thing. I called up the guy. I was like, dude, did you fuck it? What's going on here? He's like, yeah, me and my buddy, like 
we've got this like new microdosing company. Like I'm sure you've gotten the ads on Instagram, like the microdosing. Do you ever get served those ads? No, but I will now. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was like all these mushrooms, but I'm like, dude, I'm on antidepressants. I can't just take the mushrooms with the antidepressants. He's like, no, I think it's fine. I'm like, no, see friend, it's not fine. You can't, no. Mm-mm-mm. So I think for now, I'm just going to like recreationally take a lot of mushrooms as I did as a youth here every couple of years just for funsies. But I think I don't think my job is very funny. So I don't think being high on mushrooms while like negotiating with Disney about like their advertising is smart. Do you know what I mean? I 100% agree. And this, per- yeah, I also, that someone just told my friend to do like a DMT thing oh. and then they Googled it and it was like, they're on SSRIs and it could truly lead to death. And it's like, people just make things, they just think they know everything or they can read online. Like, I don't know. It's so dangerous. I'm like, I was about to do Molly with someone recently. And then when we met up, they were like, by the way, I did fentanyl test them and they had fentanyl in it. And I was like, <gasps> No, I was like, I forgot about that. Thank God we didn't do it. But I I would have probably done it. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I have to remember I can't do drugs like drugs are serious. Like the D.A.R.E. program is right. Like it's not so chill. <laughs> the D.A.R.E. program is so right. That's such a bummer. Oh, my God. Because a little Molly, that's great. It's the best. It's my Fuck. favorite because I got Madonna tickets. And obviously I'm like, oh, I want to do Molly at Madonna. But no, uh, Molly it's not worth you it. You want to do Molly? So which I where are you going? Are you going to L.A.? You are going to New York was too hard because I bought them no favors, no emails, nothing, no agents. I went on Ticketmaster. I did it old school and it felt exhilarating. And you spent $400 for nosebleed seats because I just went to go do it. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe I'll see you there. Let me know because my wife and I were like, fuck, do we go? Well, you know, Jax is going. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> you know Jax has way better seats than we fucking have. Well, there. like for Gaga, I had floor seats. If Miley goes on tour, I'll get floor seats. Like there's some things where I'm like, I need to be close and I need to do it. For Madonna, I'm like, I want to hear the hits. I've seen her before. Like, oh, I don't you've care seen where her before. I I've never seen her before. I seen her. Uh, I saw her for the Drowned World Tour, but this is the hits and I can't wait. And I just want to be dancing with people. Like it doesn't, I don't need to see her close. Like, and Staples isn't that big. So, because for Gaga was a Dodger Stadium. I work now. Because I sorry. (laughs) That's such a sickening. You're confused. Um, yeah, okay. But but like for Gaga, I don't want to be in the baseball. I don't want to be in center field. Like the baseball stadiums are just too big. So I'm like, I'm I'm seeing this woman up close. Hmm. But Madonna, I just want to be there. It's just a cultural experience, and I need to see it. Yeah, I um. I felt that way about Robin. I've seen Robin many, many times, but I had, I like bought too good of tickets the last time Robin was in LA. And I was annoyed because all my friends were like in gen pop on the ground, like down there. And then I, my wife and I were like in seats and she's like, why the fuck did you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just wanted it to be special and show you that I care, which means throw (laughs) money at the problem. Um, And it actually was stupid. And I was like, I'm with like all these like, agent and managers who are just like so fucking it ruins it you know sometimes you got to just go with your gut so my gut says go to madonna my gut says i'd like to do molly but my gut also says don't be on fentanyl and die so i will probably just be drunk yeah um, but i pee too much so that's my thing like Mm -hmm. i don't love to drink too much at concerts because i don't want to run peeing all the goddamn time 
Mm-hmm. I pee a lot. Speaking a lot. of tours, you were just on one. I know, but I have a question. What kind oh. of therapist is your wife? Oh, okay. She's like talk therapy. I mean, she's, you know, um, MFT. So she works with individuals and couples, no children. She's fabulous. You, I, I, Unfortunately, you and I know each other now, so she won't. She's so great because she used to be a f- producer and in development and really when i met her i thought that i never had to work again because she her project at the time well won the golden globe and she won an emmy i mean they they were just like on fire and i was like this is great i'm gonna be an actor again and like i'm never gonna work and she's like i fucking hate hollywood this is terrible i'm going back to school and becoming a therapist and i'm so proud of her and she's got like such an incredible practice and but she's great because she kind of like really understands the industry yeah. And do you feel like your marriage or like communication relationship has like been helped because of her major therapy background? Yeah. Okay. And I would also say that it has helped me. Her going through school was really tough um, just because she was like still working. You know, she was still in development. So they were still doing some projects. She I don't think she had to go to set anymore, though. I can't. No, I don't think she did after the. Yeah, no, they did a show for. NBC and then she stopped but I learned a lot because like I had to like help her with all her papers which was a nightmare I am a I guess a good writer and she'd be like you have to help me with my papers and I'd be reading and I I, I really learned a lot I also am in way more fucking empathetic and even if someone's being a complete fucking asshole to me which happens a lot in my life I'm like okay this is why they're doing it. And or not. Th- I mean, I'm not like, you know, I don't know everything, but I I think I can kind of be like, OK, so this is perhaps why you're doing this or whatever. So it's been very helpful for me in my relationships. And it also and I think me going through therapy and having so much therapy in my own life and I couldn't afford it like I knew I really needed to go to therapy badly and I really couldn't afford it and I would drive to fucking Van Nuys to this like clinic place and like sit there and like get free therapy and then it was sliding scale and I I really knew that I needed to address patterns in my life because I wasn't moving forward and you know that stuff's not external like you have to do it right and um yeah I think I I you know I like got rid of a lot of relationships. I'm now a little bit quicker to notice patterns that I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I'm fucking for therapy all the way. Yeah, patterns that are not propelling you forward. That is, that's good. I think it's hard. That's a succinct think, way to say it. Well, but I also think it's one of those things like, I think particularly in the like entertainment industry, it's important for people to have a safe, non-judgmental place to talk about their life presently, but also past. Because shit, a lot of what, you know, especially what you do, I, I don't any I don't I don't really perform anymore. I guess this is performing, but it's kind of safe because it's in my house. But like you're fucking, it's a lot of shit. It's like rejection. It's excitement. It's you know, nerves, it's letdowns, it's energy exchange. I always talk about that because I, I feel that, you know, it's performing is fucking rough, dude. You know, 
Yeah, like in a day you can, but I think it's with many things, but you, the, the ups and downs of emotions are wild. It's, um, yeah. It's addictive, but yes. Yeah. I, yeah, this, you mentioned the tour. It was like a wild fall and winter and I fully have shingles now from it. And so that's why I'm like so into finding someone new and helping me like learn how to manage stress and also help and that which will help build my immunity but like i've had now two shingles outbreaks no <laughs> and um you know i'm on the i'm doing everything to like help but i it's like once you get them you can always get them and mm, so from now on that's what i've heard you can like get them again yes. that fucking sucks dude and i'm never gonna not be stressed like i'm always gonna have to wake up for 6 a.m flights fly to a place perform go to yeah. set like that's that's hopefully hopefully will be my life and so it's like oh i really have to learn new patterns because i cannot just have shingles all the time no nope you cannot no nope, <laughs> and stuff no. is bad it's it, like it bad. hurts it hurt. too it hurts so how was the tour? Was that your, like, what was that like, especially now I feel like in a kind of, I hate saying post-COVID I know. <laughs> because it's not real, like our whole life changed. But what was it like? I mean, did you have like the best time? We have an amazing time. Um, yeah, it's just like the little things that like you think it's, it's like you're flying high and then the electricity goes out in the hotel. You know, it's like, <laughs> the road stuff that you can't really anticipate. It's like, oh, everything's on fine. We're fine. We're on schedule. And it's like, oh, now we have a flat tire in the middle of North Carolina. You know, it's like these little things that no matter how well you plan and organize, it's just the road or like dickhead managers, dickhead sound guys. You know, you just like interact with people. You're like, what the fuck is going on? You're bad at your job. But meeting people, doing the shows, like all of that is like so fun. I loved it. Where do you see the show? like going like what what do you want to do with the show do you want to like just continue yeah what happens if like svu goes how how far are you like how well we don't go in order which is great so like we noticed that that's why i was like like do you have episodes left oh yeah we only have like a hundred and i think we're under 120 episodes like we're over two years and there's over 460 episodes and I don't see it. Great. The show stopping. No way. <laughs> yeah. Um, When you do your live shows, do you dissect an episode or like what is it usually? Yep. Yeah. Like we don't do the crimes. So for our podcast, we do crimes yep. um, that the episodes are based on that we interview someone. So for the live shows, we banter up top and then. Yeah, we dissect an episode not based on a crime that's just a fan favorite that's not as serious. Like, we try not to do, like, child rape and murder. You know what I mean? It's like... The child rape is just... (laughs) It's rough, you know? It is rough. We do the sillier ones where, yes, there's someone dead, but, like, it's a little lighter. um, Or, like, more... Like, the earlier seasons, there was, like, some humor. And then we have... We do PowerPoints. We love a PowerPoint. So we, like do clips or like we zoom in on certain facial expression or like relate stuff. So we try to make really funny slideshows with the episodes and where we both are crafty queens. Like we like to do that. And then we do games at the end. So we do would you rather we've done trivia and we, yeah, we do fun games, but, our new, but our New York show, Diane Neal, AKA Casey Novak was our surprise guest. So no one knew she was coming out and we did an episode where she was in, it was trade and it was the dad from seventh heavens in that episode. I don't know if you remember. And he ended up being a real pedophile. Yes. But it was like the coffee episode and his son, the son is Warner from legally blonde. So it's like a fun episode. Um, But then at the end, I, 
that when Diane Neal walked out, like the commotion, it was like 450 people room and it was just some of the best energy ever, ever. Everyone was so excited. She was there and she spilled dirt like she has no filter. So I'm obsessed with that. It was incredible to be able to do that. And then we do full meet and greets like afterwards. We do one to two hour. We meet anyone that comes like you don't have to pay or buy anything like we'll meet everybody that comes. And I know that'll change in the future. We're doing bigger venues starting like in the fall and stuff. So that might not always be a possibility. But that was something that was really important to me or to both of us. What do you feel about the Law and Order episodes that are like ripped from the headlines? Well, that's that's our bread and butter. So like that's all the research we do. And getting no, I mean the ones that are like kind of like loosely based on like a celebrity's like light. Like I feel like they've done ones that are like kind of about like Britney Spears and like, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And then like some of them, we interviewed one writer and we thought this case was based on a different crime. And she goes, no, it's based on Jared from Subway. And we're like, wait, that's not what the fan wiki said. That's not what our research was. So. We got inside scoop and same with like talking to the showrunner, Neil Bear. He was like, he was like, sometimes it's just a medical journal. But the ones that are play by plays, like the Rihanna one, I don't really like. That one really upsets me. The, uh, I didn't. Called, like, yeah. Balancing, like uh, that whole. So that I don't like the Epstein ones. I lo- I I do like it. I like when it's kind of. I sort of like it, too. I mean. First of all, Jared from Subway, let's not like dance over that, is the biggest piece of shit ever yes. yeah. on the fucking planet. That's that really like I in person. Know, yeah, so and I good. don't know why I did this, but I listened to the audio. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I didn't know that there was audio from I unfortunately listened to it. When he's like, Yeah, who cares? They're like a poor kid bring them over dude i was like why did i listen to that why did i listen to that and it totally it, i can't unremember it you know yeah i watched the tiffany haddish ari spears video that people were upset about and i re- i regret watching it i didn't it did not make me feel good no i i wish you hadn't watched that either I, yeah, I, I was just with some comics outside the comedy club and someone had it on their phone and I watched and then we all just like, I don't even think we talked. I think we all just like separated and left each other. It was like, just like December. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just like <laughs> went your separate ways and like never talked about it again. Um, what is yeah, the, I'm trying the, to think of the ones that are like so obvious, like one's Casey Kasem. I'm like trying to think of the ones that are so celeb based that it's like wild. But um, one is. um. Summoner Redstone what <laughs> is based on that's like a celeb I guess <laughs> all right that's kind of like a, a D I mean D list so yeah I mean yeah yeah interesting interesting I really hope but, for oh you. one oh. was like the Nickelodeon Disney kids like that was one that um it's like it's just like are these guys that good at their jobs that you're okay with them molesting like generation after generation of young actresses like it just doesn't make sense to me i don't i don't get it i don't know i you know yeah it's i kid actors like in general they're I, kid, all of it the parents amanda the the amanda binds of it all like i just you know i really feel for them they're all a fucking wreck like you know it's it fucks just, with you because we know adults that fate what fame does to you it's like it really breaks your brain unless you're really careful and grounded. Like people turn into fucking psychos 
I don't, I can't even imagine what it does to a child's brain. Do you know what I mean? That's, and I say that all the time. I mean, I have, so I just went for New Year's Day. Um, one of my first friends in Los Angeles, and I was literally one of his first friends, this guy, you probably, you know, Ron Funches, right? Yeah. So Ron and I met many years ago when we both first moved to Los Angeles. And I, at the time, was working at MySpace as a producer. And so I was going to concerts like almost every night. And I started to invite him and we were really close. And this is when he was opening for Fortune. Do you know what I mean? Like he, nothing, he hadn't shot anything. And we were just talking and I was like, you know, remember when like every time we would go to a club, I'd be like, he's really famous, you know, and, you know, get us into the VIP and whatever. I was like, you're really famous now, but you're pretty much the same. I mean, he's definitely changed a little bit. He has like a dope house now, but like for all intents and purposes, Ron is the same person. But we were talking about how a few people that we knew back then like are not. People do change. I mean, again, Ron has had to change because things are different now, but he's to the core the same person. I've met, I know a lot of people in LA where I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, perfect example, Lisa and Meredith. They were homies before, and now it's like they let those those producers well, manip them. Fame is wild. Cause like Vicky Gunvel said, like people ruin their lives, leave. Yep. Great husband. Like people ruin their lives and are willing to ruin their lives for fame. And I always think of Bling Empire because it's like these people are billionaires and they still want fame. It's like still not enough for them. I just can't imagine being a full blown billionaire and needing to be on a reality TV show. Are you watching with the the Nepo baby thing? I'm like, if I was a Nepo baby, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have it in me to be like, I got to make a name for myself. I'd be like, I'm going to Monaco. I don't give a fuck. Like (laughs) I don't. I was a Nepo baby. I would not be doing this podcast with you. you no. Would never, I would be ghost. I would literally be living between Mexico and the south of fuck. Or no, Greece. I'd be living between Mexico and Greece. You would never, ever see me. You wouldn't know my name. You wouldn't hear, like, fucking Apple going and sitting front row in Chanel. I'm like, oh, I mean, she's gorgeous. But I'm like, yep, here we go again. Like, get out of here. No, yeah, you. I'd be ghost. You would never ever fucking see me if I was enough. If I was rich, there's no fucking way. Bling Empire, New York. Are you watching it? Um, I tried. I don't like it. And you mentioned this earlier up top about like friends and stuff and like how Leah McSweeney was saying how New York was disjointed. That's why Vanderpump was so good in its heyday because they actually were friends. Like they did work together. They were fucking each other. They did have relationships and that makes it great. That's why the Jersey Shore is great. That's why... Jersey is great. And Miami, you could tell they love each other. Like when Alexia's mom died, they all were at that funeral. Like everything gets thrown away. All the drama is away because they do love each other at its core. And that's what makes it good. And Bling Empire LA, like they were friends. You could tell they New York, they don't know each other. It's like they made Dorothy move to New York. And it's like none of them know each other. I don't get it. There's no connection between them. And why didn't they have hors d'oeuvres at that party? I don't know why they, you know why? Because did you see what that woman looks like? She don't eat. Yeah, we talk about this. There's like some people in our groups where it's like, oh, yeah, you don't eat. That's why you don't understand that. Like you need more pizzas for this many people. But some. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually always the answer. When there's not enough food, it's because that person does not eat. Like when I go to my mom's house, I'm like, I'm starving. She's always like, Elizabeth, I'm starving. I'm like, yeah, because I need to eat to live to continue. I can't just fucking drink vodka martinis and like 
weird little like gluten-free crackers like you do, mom. Like I don't even know how you're fucking still going. I'm starving. I need cheese. I need a few different kinds of cheeses in the fridge at all times. I need a veggie platter on the go. Like I need the food, you know? Wait, do you have a veggie platter like in your fridge? Right now. And you could just grab a little. Okay, I might try that. I like the idea of it all being washed and ready and I could just grab this some is, tomatoes. Listen, I, for some reason, carrots, celery, and mm-hmm. those little tomatoes taste better when they're from the little, like from the veggie platter. I don't know why. If you buy celery and you clean it and you cut it, it does not taste the same. I don't know what's going on there. Plus, you have a little handy-dandy ranch. I'm telling you, we have a veggie platter in our refrigerator at all times because if not, my wife will just eat candy. Yeah, I um, I'm like, um, it's part of the thing of like not doing, I can't. I can't make stuff. I can't cook. And finally, you know, for our podcast, we have HelloFresh as one of our sponsors. So I got some this week and I got the quick and easy. I'm like, I can fucking make this. I took it all out. The cutting board, the pan. I was so excited. I didn't even have butter in my fridge. I had to put it all away. I didn't have butter to make the fucking. I had to go buy olive oil and butter. I was like, I don't even have the basics to fucking cook. I don't want to cut up a cucumber. I always buy a cucumber and it dies slowly, even though I love cucumbers. I just don't want to cut it. But I'm liking this. I'm going to buy prepackaged yep. trays. That's what I'm going to do. This is this is the move. I also am like a sociopath and really cook. Like I am the one hosting Christmas, Thanksgiving. Like I make, I mean, my wife basically has like a fucking four, I wouldn't say five star, maybe like four, four point one star And are you a restaurant. recipe girl or like what's are you in, from your heart and spirit? What are you doing? Both, both, both. Wow. Yeah, come over anytime. Literally, Allie Colbert and Julianne are up my butt about coming over here for dinner. Hell yeah. Just join join them. Just tell me what you like ahead of time, and I'll have it all ready for you. I just don't want mushrooms. No mushrooms or olives. That's it. Everything else I'm always open for. Oh, my God. We got you. We got this. Um, Uh, (laughs) You're a dream. I could talk to you for 100 hours. I mean, that is is what is wild. Now, I have been doing this a while, and I guess you, like, are in this business for people to know you, so then you could perform. And that... But then when people do know me, I'm like so flattered and surprised. And it's so yeah, nice. I was, or were you, did you see, did you listen to me on the Ali Colbert show? And you're like, oh, let me go like follow her. And were you like, oh my God, she already follows me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like died when I saw it on my phone. I was like, oh <laughs> my God, glitter cheese is following me. And my wife's like, who is that? I'm like, you know who she is. She's so funny. She's so funny. Look, 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 look. And she was just like, yeah, oh my God, Liz. I No, those and- are like fun little, that's like the joy in life. Like Roberta's Pizza in Brooklyn followed me recently and I Ooh. screenshotted it. I was like, who's working at Roberta's that followed? Like, I couldn't believe it. It's fun. It's um the dopamine hits and it's real and I enjoy it. It's welcomed because Instagram, like, I can't get, I can't, it's, it's just a nightmare, that Instagram, let me tell you. And how did you guys meet? I used to host a um, big concert series in Santa Monica called the um, Twilight Concert Series. It was on Thursdays. There'd be like 10,000 people in the audience and I was the host. And our mutual friend had taken Rachel and she was like, who, is that Liz on stage? And they were like, my wife now was like, who's Liz? And they're like, oh, is Liz gay? Is Liz whatever? And I was actually dating a guy and a girl at that time. And they were both backstage. And then they were like, can we bring come backstage? And I was like, no. 
And we ended up moving next to Natalie, who has a um, dog rescue. And our dog, Ravioli, is from the rescue. And we lived next to them for like four years in West Hollywood. Wow. That's amazing. You're next. If you want it. I do want it. Um, You know what shook me to my core that's made me be like, I need there and this and all my patterns. Quinta Brunson did an interview with Oprah. And in it, Oprah was like, what's your advice to like women? And she said, when you're alone in your room, do you like yourself? Like, not do you love yourself, do you like yourself? And I like looked around my room and it was just like a hoarding mess. And like, it was just messy. And and I was like, I don't think I do. I don't think I like this life. Like, I need to like, yeah, make sure I feel that way so then I can bring someone into my life, you know? So, and I know you don't have to be like perfect to find the person for you and all of that stuff too, but. It definitely you like know what it is though. I rolled me a little bit. It does sort of like <laughs> I was like a real big fucking mess when I met Rachel, but I had dated this, oh, this fucking cunt. Speaking of not eating, what a fucking bitch. She did not eat. And I was set up with her and we dated. And it was really the fur and she also really fucking played me. And she made me feel like she was embarrassed to be out with me a lot, um, which was a really terrible feeling. And I was sort of here, you know, L.A. is a small place, like especially if you're like in certain, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's like you've, you you kind of like you know everybody, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And I would have friends and they're like, dude, I saw her like at this party at Chateau because this is a million years ago, like and you weren't there and like she was with somebody else. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? And it was so embarrassing. And I was on a plane because I hosted the X Games at that time. And oh I'm my so, God, you've had like a million lives. I know. That's true. And each one of the jobs seems really cool. Yeah, you're right. I know. I don't think I don't give myself enough credit there. But yeah, I was going to go host this stage um, at X Games and I was on a fucking plane and the plane caught on fire. And there were hella kids on the plane because they were all going to Austin to the X Games and shit. You know what I mean? It was like all these people and kids and shit. And I was in the exit row and I was kind of like on and off dating this girl and she was treating me like fucking shit. And I was like drinking all the time and going out. And I still was at MySpace. I was like produce uh, every night, like out to like one or two in the morning and just like being a fucking menace. And I, she was just making me feel so bad at myself. And I thought the, I thought I was going to die. So I, it, I know this sounds so cheese and like, Oh, I was on a plane and I almost died and my whole life flashed before my eyes, but it sort of did. And I like got off that plane of classic called my mom and my mom's like, oh, that's nothing. I was like in Egypt and like my whole like one of the wings fell off and I still survived. I was like, click. OK, um, whatever, mom, you're like such a one upper. You're a nightmare. Um, But I really thought to myself and I was like, I don't like any of this. I don't like how I'm letting someone treat me. I don't like that. I'm like pretty much still in the closet for being bisexual. Like what is wrong with me right now? I I want a real relationship. I want someone to be like proud to like go to a fucking restaurant with me or like hold my hands. Like, why the fuck am I like being like the only time this girl would see me is basically to like fuck at her house. I'm like, this is not good. Like, I have to stop this. And I did. And like two months later, I met Rachel. Wow. 
I mean, I like fucked a bunch of people that summer, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I mean, like, I'm fine. Um, but yeah, anyway, so you will. And like, it's true. You have to like yourself. I don't really like, I'm very mean to myself. And that's something I work on all the time. I'm like pretty terrible to myself, you know? So I think that's something I try to work on all the time. But, you know. It's, anyway, yeah, it's ever it's um everlasting. What is it? Never stopping. Whatever. Never ending. <laughs> yeah, never ending. Well, I really like you and I'm a really big fan and I'm like sort of shitting bricks that you did this. I so. can't believe it. Thank you for having me. I did want to plug one thing. If that's you okay. can plug what girl go plug <laughs> anything you want. So Kara Clank and I, we do That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, and we just started a Patreon where we're going to do like all non-SVU stuff. And like tonight we're going to meet up and get stoned and she's organized and I'm not and she's going to go through my backpack. (laughs) And like, I don't know, we're going to do Drag Race. We're going to talk Housewives or on the road. So just like everything not. And it's called name dropping because some of our one star reviews say we name drop too much. We just love celebs. (laughs) You and I are the same. This show was going to be called Name Droppers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like people are so bothered by it. But I'm like, I don't think I'm better than you because of it. I'm excited. I don't know. Well, I like it. <laughs> not to brag, but on the Taylor Strucker show, I won best segment of the year this year. And it's called Drop It Like It's Hot. And it's when I drop names. Wow. Wait, what record? What do you mean? From Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> who's Darius Rucker? No, I said Taylor Strucker. Oh, but who's that? (laughs) Oh, Taylor Strecker is radio icon legend. We went to like acting school together. It's a very amazing long story, but which all the listeners know. So I'm so sorry. Okay. No, that's cool. No, no, no. But basically I'm on her weekly show and I have a segment that came out of people making fun of me for being a name dropper and it's called Drop It Like It's Hot. So there you go. So everybody. I looked her up and there's a lot of pictures of Jackson Brittany that pop up. Well, right, because I told you she married yeah. Stassi. Girl, oh I'm telling you, you, we, you and I I'm were coming meant to over. Meet. You're coming over. Everybody, go. I mean, go on the Patreon. Oh, I have a Patreon. I love, I love Patreon. Everybody, yeah, it's new for us, um, but we just wanted a little less structure. It's not going to be edited. It's just like a little more relaxed. So we're. Oh pumped. my god, everybody, go on her Patreon and my Patreon. And please, um, as cringy as this is, like, subscribe, and leave me a comment. 